Hello everyone. Happy New Year and all that. Hope it was a good one and that the new year brings you good fortune and joy and happiness and all those wonderful things and darkness and fairy tales and demons and devils and, and all the good things in life. I'd like to say I have big plans for the podcast and exciting things are going to happen and all that kind of stuff, but well, I think you all know me by now. Uh, that's probably not going to happen. Uh, you'll get sporadic episodes, I'll do some folklore, some occultism, esoteric stuff, and demonology, and whatever takes my fancy, really. Uh, one thing that did happen is I've actually posted on some social media for once, on Facebook. Woo! Uh, <laughs> I went to Mexico City. Mexico City. Mexico. Um, Ciudad de Mexico. Uh, just before Christmas. And I did a few tours and things and saw some sites and stuff. So I posted some photos up on, on my Facebook, on the Drunken Storyteller Facebook page, uh, with some history about how the Spanish are arseholes. Um, so go have a look at that if you want to. Also, uh, some of you may already be aware, but on Monday evenings now, uh, Mexico City time, so whatever the time is now in England, minus, no, plus, minus six. It's a six-hour time difference to London at the moment. Except when you change to summertime, then it'll be a seven-hour seven difference because Mexico doesn't do uh, daylight savings. So yeah, on there, uh, on my Twitch, on Monday evenings, I'm doing something called Monday Night Moods, where I am getting fun fun books and things to read. I'm start I started off on New Year's Day, yes, uh, the first. Uh, and I'm reading Paradise Lost at the moment. This might take some time because the book is longer than I remember. Um, it's 200 odd pages long. So yeah, I read book one, um, or effectively chapter one, and there are 10. So it could be a 10 week series. Um, it could be shorter. I may do a few at once. I don't know yet, uh, but it's uploaded to the YouTubes as, as always, so you can find it there if you missed it on the Twitch stream. Uh, links will obviously be in the show notes. I have no plans to put these up on the podcast for the moment because they're on the YouTube. So you can go watch me read things and fuck things up without any editing. So enjoy that. Um, I might put them up on the podcast. I don't know. I'm Probably not. I think I'll keep that those separate. Um, and I'll delve more into folklore stuff here and do those tales and story readings, the long, long story readings over on Twitch slash YouTube. Um, but yeah, so even though it's a new year, I'm not changing topics. I'm not doing a new season. I am still in season four. Um, we're on episode something or other of season four, and I think we're on like episode 68 of the whole podcast, so... Nowhere near as lo as many episodes as I'd hoped to have done by nearly four, three years, four years of doing this. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I should have probably had a fair few more episodes out by now. But whatever. So anyway, uh, yeah, so we're still in season four. And season four is all about the devil, devilish folklore and things like that. And so last episode, I told a tale about one such devil. I told two tales in the last episode, uh, my Christmas spooks episode. We did uh, The Eyes uh, by Edith Wharton. Warburton? No, Warburton is the bread. Wharton. 
And then we also told a tale that involved Lucifer. And so I thought we would look at the mythology and the mythic origins of Lucifer. Where did they come from? And who are they today? Well, maybe not who are they today. Um, I'm just going to mainly concentrate on the mythical origins of Lucifer and uh, where where the name came from and yeah and also so we've got Lucifer and we all know him from the Bible but so who is Lucifer and why is he not in the Bible yeah he's not in the Bible so sit back grab yourself a drink and enjoy the tales Lucifer, the morning star, the light bringer, is born in classical mythology through mostly poems rather than prose, um, though they do appear in some important texts you may have heard of. One of those we will come to and we'll delve deeper into. But yes, so they appear in both Greek and Roman mythology as the morning star or the planet Venus, which is named Lucifer in Latin. So the planet Venus, the Latin name is Lucifer. In Greek, the name, there's possibly two names for for uh, Venus, maybe three, depending upon how you want to spell things, and whether you consider the third one actually morning star. Well, not morning star, but evening star. But anyway, so we've got phosphorus. Phosphorus is the most common name for the morning star. Um, we also have Eosphorus in Greek. Uh, there's also another name, which you will come to later, which is not so much Morning Star, but relates to the evening. But here, um, the Morning Star is often depicted as a young male bearing a torch, a light bearer, so to speak. So the Latin word Lucifer, um, as I said, uncapitalized, it means Morning Star. And the two Greek words translates to as Lightbringer for Phosphorus and Dawnbringer for Eosphorus. So this is where we get our most common terms that we relate to Lucifer. So Lucifer Morningstar is Morningstar Morningstar. It's a bit like saying River Kawada in Japan, which is the river, river, fields and things like that. So so this is, because basically, this name comes out because Venus, the planet Venus, yes, the one in the sky, uh, is the brightest planet uh, that can be seen. And it can be clearly seen in the early morning and early evening uh, in Europe, at least. I'm not sure in what parts of the world, how the Southern Hemisphere would see this. Uh, but in the hours just before sunrise, Venus tends to be the brightest object in the sky. And so it's really, really easy to see. And this is why it is uh, Morning Star, because it's the star in the morning. It's the one that they can see. On a quick side note, uh, the Roman goddess Venus is not associated with Lucifer, uh, despite the, the planet name and connections. Uh, but unfortunately, we don't actually know much about the Roman deity. I say that here with a, with a twinge of uncertainty. Lucifer. Um, so we don't know much about Morning Star or the god or deity that is Lucifer. It may even not be a deity. 
Other than that, this is the name that was given to the planet Venus. It might have been a minor god or goddess, um, as not much has really survived, or it may have just been culturally obliterated through, obviously, Christian influences because of the association with the devil. Uh, But to be honest, we just don't know. However, we do know stuff about their Greek counterpart, Phosphorus. And as we all know, the Romans basically stole everything from the Greeks. Greeks. So there could be some similarities here, but this is all that's all conjecture. Um, but also likely true, because well, Romans co-opted much of their religion and their beliefs from the Greeks. And we also know it was one of the things they did well at when conquering people. Um, they walked in and went, oh, yeah, no, we're not going to take your gods from you at all. No, 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 no. They're now they're now actually part of our pantheon, and they're now Roman gods. So you can still worship your gods, but they're also Roman, so you also need to worship the Roman gods. So, yeah. Anyway, most of our knowledge um, from Romans, I suppose, comes from Ovid and Metamorphosis. And we'll come to that later, because it's not really Roman. It's just written by a Roman in Latin. Anyway. Let's go into some Greek mythology. Uh, Let's begin with Lucy's family. Well, basically, that's all we're going to talk about, Lucy's family, because it's quite mental. So the great Greek poet Hesiod states that Phosphorus, or Lucifer, as we've discovered, is the son of Astraeus, who is a second-generation titan and the god of stars and planets. He's descended from either Tartarus and Gaia, or Cryus and Erubia. He's also connected to wind somehow, because his some of his children are the wind gods. Uh, I can't remember what their names are, but yeah. Greek, Greek confusing mythology and family lines and things, and depending on who you read, depends on what you get. But yeah, so his, his father, Phosphorus's father, is Astraeus, and his mother is Aeos, the goddess and personification of dawn so here we start to see that connection with dawn the morning is also and she is also the daughter of titans now again depending upon who you read depends on who her parents are we've got hyperion and thea who are two of the original 12 brothers and sisters yeah yeah you heard that right a uh, bit of greek titan incest there uh the brother and sister got together and well that's where Aeos came from. Other writers say that Phosphorus's daddy could be Cephalus, who is a human prince who Aeos kind of kidnapped and yoinked to Mount Olympus because she loved him so. Or even Atlas himself, the great titan Atlas himself. So as I say, it all kind of depends on where you, where you get your Greek mythology from. Different sources give different names and genealogies. So good luck figuring all that out. Now, Aeos does have a Roman counterpart in Aurora, but from a quick search, um, and please correct me if I'm wrong, someone who knows more than me, I couldn't find a Roman counterpart to Astraeus. So, um, I did see somewhere, I think it was on Wikipedia, that there is a Roman god, but I don't trust all of I read, all I read on Wikipedia, because I couldn't find anybody else who said that. Anyway, 
I think it might have been in, in connection to the Ovid stuff that we'll come to later. Anyway, uh, one place we do find a fair bit of info uh, on Lucifer, Phosphorus, or Hesperus. That was the one I was trying to think of earlier. Hesperus. Uh, the brother of Phosphorus, uh, called the Evening Star, in Latin, is from Ovid. So, as I was just mentioning, possible connections here to Roman mythology, but mostly Greek, because Ovid wrote about the Greeks. Uh, and this is in the grand epic debate as to whether it's an epic or not, poem Metamorphosis. This gets a little confusing, depending on the translations you read, uh, with some people using Lucifer and some people using Phosphorus. Though as Metamorphosis is basically a Latin history of Greek mythology, I'm going to use Lucifer because it's a Latin text, and in the Latin version, Ovid used Lucifer, I think. I've not read the Latin version. Uh, he appears nine times in one of the translations I found. I'm going to read all of those bits in a minute. You can read the whole whole thing if you want, but it's quite a long thing. I'm gonna read. I'll, I'll read each individual bit, and then I'll come back and we'll look at one of the stories specifically, kind of how they all interconnect. So I'm not gonna read the full paragraphs or the full chapters that. Or I'm not called chapters. They're called fables in in Metamorphosis. I'm not gonna read the full bits. I'm just gonna read some of the bits some of the lines and sentences around where Lucifer appears. And the version I'm going to be reading from, again, as always, is found at Gutenberg Press. Uh, not Gutenberg Press, Project Gutenberg. I'll put the link in the description. And this is a version from 1893, translated by Henry T. Riley. The Eighth Book, Fable 1. This is, I think, the longest cut that I've got here, so... Minos commences the war with the siege of Megara. The preservation of the city depends on the lock of hair of its king, Nisus. His daughter, Skylar, falling in love with Minos, cuts off the fatal lock and gives it to him. Minos makes himself master of the place. And adoring Skylar and the crime she has been guilty of, he takes his departure. In despair, she throws herself into the sea and follows his fleet. Nisus... Being transformed into a seagull attacks her in revenge, and she is changed into a bird called Cirrus. Now, Lucifer, unveiling the day and dispelling the season of night, the east wind fell, and the moist vapours arose. The favourable south winds gave a passage to the sons of Aeacus, and Cephalus returning with which, being prosperously impelled, they made the port they were bound for before it was expected. In the eleventh book, Fable 2. And now the eleventh Lucifer has closed the lofty host of the stars when the king came rejoicing to the Lydian lands and restored Silenus to the youth, his foster child. In the same book, Fables 5 and 6. Here Saix sprung from Lucifer for his father, and having the comeliness of his sire in his face, held the sway without violence and without bloodshed, who, being sad at the time and unlike his former self, lamented the loss of his brother. While the son of Lucifer is relating these wonders about his brother, hastening with the panting speed, Pokian Antenor, the keeper of his herds, runs up to him, 
Alas, Peleus, Peleus, says he, I am the messenger to thee of great calamity. And then Peleus bids him declare whatever news it is that he has brought. And the Trachean hero himself is in suspense and trembles through apprehension. In Fable 7, While he still swims, he calls upon Halcyon far away, as often as the billows allow him to open his mouth. And in the very waves he murmurs her name. When, lo, a darkening arc of water breaks over the middle of the waves and buries his head sinking beneath the bursting billow. Lucifer was obscured that night, and such that you could not recognise him, and since he was not allowed to depart from the heavens, he concealed his face beneath thick clouds. Fifteenth book, Fables 2 and 3 For the moment which was before is past and that which was not now exists, and every minute is replaced. You see, too, the night emerge and proceed onward to the dawn, and this brilliant light of the day succeed the night, the dark night. Nor is there the same appearance in the heavens, when all things in their weariness lie in the mist of repose, and when Lucifer is coming forth on his white steed, and again there is another appearance, when Aurora, the daughter of Pallas, Preceding the day tints the world about to be delivered to Phobos, the disc itself of that god, when it is rising from beneath the earth is a ruddy colour in the morning, and when it is hiding beneath the earth it is of a ruddy colour. At its height it is a brilliant whiteness because the nature of their ether is purer and far away. He avoids all infection from the earth, nor can there ever be the same or similar appearance of the nocturnal Diana and always that of the present day is less than on the morrow, if she is on the increase, but greater if she is contracting her orb. Fable 8 Often did torches seem to be burning in the mist of the stars, often did troops of blood fall in the showers. The absurd-coloured Lucifer had his light tinted with the dark iron colour. The chariot of the moon was besprinkled with blood, the Stygian owl gave omens of ill in a thousand places. In a thousand places did the ivory statue shed tears. Dirges, too, are said to have been heard, and threatening expressions in the sacred groves. Now, so there you go. Uh, that's the, the nine times he appears in Ovid, uh, the metamorphosis. Some of them are connected. Some of them are just kind of pops up and goes, oh, look, the stars are funny colour. There's also a very uh, Lord of the Rings bit at the beginning of one of the, the fables. Um, so anyway, one of those is the story of Daedalion, uh, who was a Greek warrior of great power. Uh, and Lucifer, though sometimes this translated also as Hesperus, is named as Daedalion's father. He's also the father of King Saix, who in the stories gets into trouble with Zeus. For he and his wife, Princess Asalon, being a little bit too funky, uh, begin to call each other Zeus and Hera. Well, Zeus didn't like this, because we all know that Zeus is a bit of an ass. Uh, Zeus killed him at sea, threw him into the sea. As we heard, uh, there was that thing, one of those talking about the, the dark sea and Zeus for there. Uh, but upon learning of this, Asalon also threw herself into the sea. Uh, at this, the gods kind of felt bad. 
as they should, I suppose. Uh, they char, uh, and as a result, they changed both of them, so Asylon and Sex, into Hasselon birds, which are known as common kingfishers, and they are named for her. Bit of a sidetrack there, but yeah. So now let's move on from Roman and Greek mythology, uh, mostly Greek mythology there, and see how he pops up in the Bible. Now, I'm not going to go much into this, as there's a lot of better research stuff out there, um, the connections to Satan and how he became the devil and all that kind of stuff and demonology and things. Um, I'm not going to do that. This is just going to be a quick look at how he is connected to the Bible, possibly. I'll put some links in the description where you can find some stuff, some more stuff on this. So we've seen Lucifer as a planet and as a god. Uh, so what about the king? Well, you can blame a few things really for this. And it's mostly how different people interpret words and phrases in the Bible. And it all begins with Isaiah 14.12. And this is the only mention that may or may not relate to Lucifer in the Bible. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a few different translations of Isaiah 14, 12. Uh, one of them is actually going to be slightly longer. Uh, I think it's tw 12 to 14 rather than just fourteen. Uh, Isaiah 14, 12. So it'll be Isaiah 14, 12 to 14 for a bit of context. Uh, but the rest are just this one verse, this one line in Isaiah. So we're going to begin with the New International Version. Now, the game here is to test your knowledge of Bible versions and see if you can see a connection as to the translations. New International Version, and this is the one where I'm reading uh, verses 12 to 14. How have you fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn? You have been cast down to earth. You who once laid low the nations, you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the Mount of Assembly, on the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. I will ascend above the top of the clouds. I will make myself the most high. Now the King James Version. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? English Standard Version. How you are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn. How you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. New Living Translation. How you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. You have been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. The Message Bible. What a come down this, O Babylon, day star, son of dawn, flat on your face in the underworld mud, you, famous for flattering, flattering, <laughs> flattening, famous for flattening nations. I'm gonna leave that fun that in because that's kind of funny. Holman, Christian Standard Bible, shining morning star, how you have fallen from the heavens. You destroyer of nations, you have been cut down to the ground. So, 
these are six translations of the exact same line, except the first one, which I included two more in. Um, and they each have different meanings and interpretations. So you can kind of also, just from this, understand why there's so many different sects of Christianity and cults of Christianity, because there's so many different ways you can translate the Bible, depending whether you're taking it from the Hebrew Bible, whether you're taking it from the Vulgate, which I'll talk about in a minute. It, it just kind of gets a little bit confusing, I suppose. And yeah, you can basically blame Hebrew and Latin trying to translate each other and then people translating those translations and then translating them back again and it all just goes a bit messy. So anyway, uh, if you don't know Isaiah uh, and the story that I'm talking about, you most likely think this relates to Lucifer and the war in heaven because it's talking about being cast down and trying to raise up above God and all that kind of stuff. However, that's not the case. Um, this line actually refers to the king of Babylon. We did actually mention Babylon in the, the Message Bible version. It says, what a come down this, O Babylon Daystar. But to understand it, you actually need a bit more context than just that line. Um, and we're gonna, I'm going to just read two lines that come before it. Uh, I think this is lines three and four. And this is the New, in New International Version. Oh, the day the Lord gives you relief from your suffering and turmoil and from the harsh labor forced on you. You'll take up this taunt against the king of Babylon. How the oppressor has come to an end, how his fury has ended. So there we go. It starts off as basically this entire uh, chapter of Isaiah is basically an up yours and taunt to the king of Babylon. But in the Hebrew Bible, so in the Hebrew translations of this, the king of Babylon is addressed as Hillel ben Shachar. And this is Hebrew for shining one, son of the morning. And it is also used to refer to Venus, the morning star. And when we find this line in the Vulgate, which is a 4th century CE Latin translation of the Bible, so it's one of the, one of the earliest written Bibles. I suppose is the way to say it. It's kind of one of the earliest codified Bibles. Hillel is translated to Lucifer. So, and that's how it kind of got into modern, well, not modern, but uh, most bi biblical translations. So, yeah, for many centuries, uh, it comes from a translation of Shining One, or Son of Morning, to Lucifer. Uh, but modern translations, so as we heard there with most of the other ones, other than the King James, which is one of the oldest ones that I read, all of them don't use the term Lucifer. They don't use the name Lucifer. So in the modern Bible, in most modern translations of the Bible, Lucifer does not exist. The archangel, the demon, the devil, whatever you want to call them, is not in the modern Christian Bible. Now that is really interesting. So anyway, um, we've seen that Lucifer is a king. He's the king of Babylon, or a king of Babylon, and there are discussions as to which king of Babylon it is, or whether it's just a generic Babylon, or whether it's just a generic thing. Uh, it's likely that the, the king is a bit of a dick, because he kind of incurs the wrath of god so we've got now we've had our planet we've had our god 
We've had our king, Lucifer, those But how does he become the devil? And again, this is basically due to centuries of people studying the Bible and reading it over and over and making conjecture and connections to other parts of the Bible. Now, there are better people who have done more in-depth stuff and and talks on this, and I'm not going to go into it because I don't want to do a seven-hour long episode. All I'm going to kind of... I'm going to do a very, very quick one. Um, There's a really good video by Religion for Breakfast, which actually more goes into Satan and, and the roots of Satan. But basically, it comes from people making a connection between Luke chapter 18... No, Luke chapter 10, verse 18 which reads, He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I think that's the New International Version. And seeing Isaiah, and and then people kind of see the Isaiah story as an allegorical tale of such a fall. And well, we all know the Bible is full of allegory, so you can kind of see how people connect the stories. Lightning, light, light bringer, morning star, raising up to heaven, taking on God, all that kind of stuff. You can kind of see how they kind of connect. So yeah, associations then, uh, over over the, the centuries, are drawn between Satan and Lucifer and the demons that kind of appear in Kabbalah and mysticism and stuff. And we get the seven deadly sins. And Lucifer is seen as representing the sin of either pride or envy, depending upon your sources here most of most commonly pride in connection to wanting to rise above and be greater than the devil not the devil sorry god <laughs> so yeah and then it kind of snowballs from there uh, we end up with dante's inferno and paradise lost where we see lucifer and satan existing in hell building pandemonium and blah 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 as i say i'm not going to go into that uh, you'll have to find uh, other sources and find that out yourself it all gets kind of a little bit ambiguous when you start getting people equating Satan and Lucifer as the same being. Because Satan itself is an interesting evolution of the term that basically means uh, adversary. And I think it was originally um, kind of legal, a legal term rather than relating to a person. So it's like someone is an adversary of someone else, someone is someone's enemy didn't relate to a specific person. And then as you kind of go through the translations and you go through the Bible, it evolves from a a Satan, you are a adversary, into the Satan, capitalized, the adversary of God. But again, I think maybe I'll do an episode on that, maybe I'll not. Um, Again, I'll leave leave the episode of Religion for Breakfast in the show notes where he goes into this wonderful 20-minute history of Satan and gives you all the detail for it. But if you do want me to kind of do my own take on who the Archangel Lucy is and how it's connected to Satan, then let me know. I won't do it. Uh, But you will have to make me do it. You will actually have to tell me. So yeah, anyway. So that's it. Um, Lucy... Lucifer, obviously, is also massively popular in uh, modern culture. We have the Neil Gaiman character, uh, Lucifer. We've got the comics. We've got the interesting uh, American detective TV show, Lucifer. Uh, but yeah, so he's quite he's, he's, he's well-known around the place. Everyone knows who he is. 
loads of stuff in black metal about him. Anyway, so that's it for today. Uh, mostly just a ramble on about ancient Greek and Roman mythology. So uh, it's stuff that tends to get mi- tends to get missed in discussions about this. For all tends to be connected to um, Christianity. Uh, so I thought I'd kind of show you where the name came from, and the older side of it. So the mythology behind Lucifer. I hope you enjoyed it. Next episode, I'm going to go back and do some proper folklore. I think not f- proper folklore. This was kind of folklore mythology. But folkloric tales on devils and whatnot. I might go into um, Japan. I might look at some Japanese devil tales. I don't know. But there'll be more mythology. More more mythology. There'll be more folklore than mythology. Uh, less less religion in it. More kind of tales of little demons. Maybe even a guy. Maybe we'll even talk about uh, a a a de- not a deal. Uh, yeah, I suppose a deal with a devil in a horse race. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, stay tuned for some more devilish fun. Uh, You can find all my socials and emails in the show notes, along with links to, as I say, the videos and stuff. Uh, And yeah, do go check out my Facebook page because I did put some photos up of Mexico City and a few interesting uh, Mexica um, sites, Aztec sites, uh, and how the conquistadors were arseholes. So yeah, go check that out. Anyway, all that is left for me to say is thank you and goodbye, my friends.